0: اللهم wa محمد محمد
1: بالله من الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا صراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا Amen. I
2: Thank you. Okay, we can dive right in. So we'll look at dreams today. When I was gathering the material, I gathered pages and pages of material and then I, you know, kind of did other things and then Picked other things, and so it's going to be a, a lot of material that we can look at as we go through, inshallah. So, yeah, dreams are you know, it's like what's not a dream for Ibn Arabi. So, <laughs> here we go. Um, so, in this slide here, I'm sorry, I'm having to adjust a few more things here. Okay, got it. so, uh, so we started, uh, so yesterday, we are last week, we were looking at a lot of that stereo vision idea and the neat thing about stereo vision is that as Ibn Arabi always teaches us both are important so it's so easy to sort of say the left is better than the right or the right is better than the left Uh, but for Ibn Arabi both are equally equally important and equally valuable so we were saying that in, in To in three dimensions, what gives us the ability to see depth is the stereo vision. And so each eye sees one thing and the other eye sees the other, and then together you can the mind comes up with the perception of depth. And so Ibn Arabi is saying the same way for when we look with one eye at the physical world and the other eye with Iman, with faith. So Iman. And this eye, both looking together, sees the entire picture, sees the whole picture. And so that's why we want to, we want to be able to see the entire picture by having two eyes. And in the same way, the, the eye of this world and then the eye of the dream world. We'll see how those, those two work together. So Ibn Arabi has, in a sense, three modes that he, he, he teaches us. So the first one over here is seeing with the eye of faith. So that you see with two eyes. uh, You see the the physical world and then the faith world. So you see the widow's mite, the little uh, coin that the widow gave. And that you see with one eye. But with the other eye, you see how valuable that little coin was. And with one eye, you see someone giving a good word. So a good word is a sadaqah, is a charity. And with the other eye, you see how important that good word is. And sometimes you hear stories that someone will tell you, you told me something 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and it, uh, it, you know, I still remember that. And there's so many times in my interactions that things that people might have thought were very small were very influential to me, really helped me out. And so this is the seeing with the two eyes. Then there's seeing while dreaming while awake. So seeing while dreaming while awake. So this could be a lion who is seeing all of these things while dreaming, but is also awake. So the lion is awake and is also dreaming and seeing both. Or it could be someone uh, who has another shape, some human being who is dreaming that they're a lion, that they're seeing these things in a dream and they're awake at the same time. So this is the waking dream or the, uh, the being able to see the dream world while you're awake. So this is having both eyes open. And this other one is seeing while dreaming while asleep. So the gypsy woman is asleep and dreaming. So these are the three modes that Ibn Arabi walks us through to see how the, the dream works, and then this other world that we're entering in the dream. We see it with the eye of faith, we see it with dreaming, but we're grounded in it by what we see in this world. And that grounding, that experience of having experience in this world, is what allows us to see correctly, to see well. If we were to forget having this side, forget the left side or the right side, and only the other one, we wouldn't see with stereo vision, we wouldn't see correctly. The same way the two noses, the two nostrils, two nostrils pick up from different places, and then, the, and then the conclusion of what is being smelled is a joint effort or a partnership. And the same way with the ears. This ear hears something, this ear hears something, and how they are understood together is stereo. Okay. So, so this world then, as Ibn Arabi keeps showing us and telling us, is so very important. It's where we draw our experiences. So it, it seems to me that there are some sentences in Ibn Arabi and the Futuhat that are just, just transformative, that just tell me so much and they're and, and so rich. And there are all these sentences that start out with a few clauses and then they don't end. And I wonder if this is maybe a style that you cannot end. So, I mean, the one, of the one we saw a few months ago was, if it were only for the fact that the zat and the sifat were feminine, and he goes through, this would tell you how important the woman is whose heart has been broken by these ignorant men who don't see this. And then at the way at the end of this whole paragraph, he, it's, you have to end it. And we say, it would be enough. Um, and so this one is, none of this which would follow would happen. So let's go ahead and read this one. So if not for God giving you the gracious gift of sleeping... And making for you in this matter, something called the dream in a faculty called imagination. So when you sleep, it is as if you have departed from this configuration. None of this which follows would happen. So Ibn Arabi is telling us right here that the dream is a way of understanding and it's a gift that's been given. It's a gift that's been given to teach us that there is a way to depart this confi- that we will depart this configuration and we have, we used to be not in this configuration and that to de- depart it and see the way things are in another way so in the dream in the dream world so all of this comes initially to you in virtual bodies so instead of the organic body it's the virtual body just So all of this comes initially to you in virtual bodies, their vision becoming familiar to you because of these visions being based on the genus of the abode of your configuration, which you have departed from in your sleep. So this, what is familiar is that in this world, what we gain of familiarity and experiences are the necessary way for us to become familiar with the other world and with the dream world, which we depart to when we are sleeping. So whether the the person is in the fetus, in the womb of the mother for one day, or whether that person has lived for a 100 years walking around the earth, both of those, all of us, are gaining experience in this world. And that experience then is what is greeting us in the next world as something familiar. So we first have the, the insight that what we see here will be familiar to us and will remind us when we are in another world, which is a, could be a completely unfamiliar place unless we had these experiences. And more than that, everything in the other world, in this dream world, is cobbled together. So Ibn Arabi says that you take a piece of something and a piece of something else, and you see that in the imagination, in the imaginal world. So what we see in a dream, so you see a unicorn in the dream. So a unicorn that you see in a dream has been cobbled together. You saw a one-horned animal like an ibex, and then you see a horse. And then in the the dream, you can then identify this, oh, that's a unicorn because it has a single horn and it's a horse shape. So if you, I guess, I don't know if this is obvious or not, if you don't know what you're looking at or looking for, you can't see it. and with the moment you know what you're looking at then you begin to see it uh, if people if you like uh, different kinds of, of automobiles of cars um, some people can say oh that and they know what brand the car it is and other people just say oh this has got four wheels so unless you know what you're looking for you can't see it and the same way um, the creatures around us unless we are know what their shape is going to be, we can't see it. And so Ibn Arabi said this is how you find things that are lost. You first put the image in your mind, and then you find it. So what you're doing is when you're looking for your keys, you've got the keys in your mind, and then you keep matching every scene that you have with is the, are the keys there. So this is the, you, have to, you have to have it first in your imagination before you can see it in the physical world and that's how you can be looking and looking and looking and not see anything because you haven't had anything that's put in the in the mind and so Now, with Ibn Arabi, he talks so much about pre-eternity, what happens after Alastu, am I not your cherisher, and then all the way, he talks so much about eternity, which is going to be a long time. And so we have a long time pre-eternity and a really long time eternity, and then this world is such a very thin sliver of of time. So even people think this is the only world will tell you life is short. And with Ibn Anubi, you're saying, wow, life is super short. And it's like a sandwich. You have two huge uh, bread on both sides and a tiny, tiny, thin uh, film of of jelly or jello or whatever you're doing, of jam or whatever you're putting on there. So this thin, thin uh, thing. And so you've got to ask, so what kind of balance is that? Where you have a huge pre-eternity and a huge eternity and a tiny, tiny uh, dunya or tiny, tiny this world. And what Ibn Arabi is telling us here is this tiny, tiny dipping into experience. I can now start seeing it like a dipping of the the quill pen into the ink pot. You dip it in, and unless you've dipped it in and got ink on it, you're not able to see anything. And so in order to have experiences for eternity, we also need to have have a, a palette a background of foundation of all of the colors that we're going to use, so all of the experiences that we're going to use. So that's why we need to be at least one day in the womb or one day born or one year born or 100 years born to gather experiences which become the palette which allows us then to see things in the other world, in the, in the dream world, okay? A, take a second let me just make sure everything is moving along okay good all right so and let's see um yeah so okay now we have uh, omar can if they could recite that and and i think he has a different translation but please one
3: well, um, I'll I'll read this translation that's that's right. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله يتوفى الانفس حين موتها والتي لم تمت في منامها فيمسك الذي قضى عليها الموت ويرسل الاخرى الى اجل مسمى ان في ذلك لايات لقوم يتفكرون صدق الله العظيم It is God who takes the souls when they die and she who is not to die, he takes in her sleep. He holds back the one over whom the decree of death has passed, and he sends back the other to an appointed lifespan. Indeed, in this are signs for a people who reflect. Thank you.
2: Uh, So signs, and also, uh, of course, all signs and knowledge are, they are gifts, and so, uh, as Ibn Abi said, this is a gift, a gracious gift, that we be, are able to depart from this configuration, to understand why we are in this configuration and what is happening in the other configuration. So, being able to depart the configuration during while you sleep is your lesson, your gift, your gracious gift, and your sign that tells you that uh, we have multiple configurations. We had uh, a very uh, um, transparent configuration in pre-eternity. We have an organic bodily configuration in this world. Uh, we will get a new bodily configuration in the next world. And to know that, therefore, we are like a rider on a vehicle, and that the gracious gift is to see that every time we sleep and move to somewhere else it retells us you see this is going to happen so we're very much pre-warned about this and <laughs> we've had plenty of warnings that this is what happens and how this works and that is a gift if we can understand these this alert and this notification okay. So we have this and Hamida.
1: Then I think I dawn of sing at the heart of the world join me hope o creation oh, breathing with everything but alhamdulillah. chanting, with every. Step, All phrases are flowing to our love.
4: Creatures moving everywhere think they're going here and there. One way they cannot flee brings them to reality. Whether or not one knows, each step belongs to the beloved, each step. Within
1: the beloved Alhamdulillah. Ash keep faces death before this life passes by to be an only me. Die before you die. Give thanks with every breath. Alhamdulillah he finds with every step All oh, praises are flowing to are Lord
4: Truth has led me on the path Of the Haveti To the seal of founding peers Din Jerahi The way of passionate love Alhamdulillah, transformed by divine love, all praises are flowing to Allah.
1: The life of supplication is a life of exhortation the life of supplication, in the life of exaltation,
4: each breath is only prayer. Alhamdulillah. Each step. His only prayer all praises are flowing to Allah our master is Ashki in his ardent love we are free our master is Ashki in his ardent love we are free each heart is only prayer alhamdulillah each soul is only prayer, all praises are flowing to Allah.
3: Okay, thank you. Thank you.
2: So now just to get this in. In the background right away is that so the dreaming itself is meaningful and so even though the dreams might be crazy or convoluted or uh, have distortions and all sorts of uh, wacky things going on they just the fact of dreaming is something that we learn from so these lovers are departing journeyers. So this is all coming from the chapter, I think, 197 on the hab, or to be able to depart. So this departure, what kind of departure this is. So these lovers are departing journeyers in the images of the sense sight, all of them, departing towards each image being exactly their beloved. So Ibn Arabi describes, it's a very, very short passage. It's completely packed, but it describes, in a sense, going to that, screen and getting closer and closer to the screen to the projection screen and then as you're so close to that projection screen you realize that every sight every um, projection of your beloved is creating an image image one image two image three and so you begin to see that if every image that's being created is created by the beloved then every image is my beloved So they depart to a place where they can see that every image that they're going to see is their beloved. So these ones never cease being connected and in union ever with the world of the senses and with the presence of the imagination and with the presence of meaning. So these are the three places that we keep looking for. Senses, imagination, meaning. And all of them are connected So we don't say, oh, I've got meaning, I don't need imagination. Or I've got imagination, I don't need senses. The senses are what provide the palette or the material for the imagination. And the imagination is what provides us the way to depart into meaning. And so we need to have all three of those places sound and healthy and valid. So they have the departure in these presences, all of them, and they begin to have a point of departure, such that their very selves are in the aggregation of the images. So this is in the poem that we'll see next, that they go to, they see all of these images, images one, two, three, four, five, six, they were all of their beloved. And suddenly you see your own image and you realize, oh, my image is an image of the beloved. And so all of these images become traceable, back to the, the beloved. So to be able to go to a point of departure somewhere on that projected screen, the curtain, and to see that your very self is one of those many images of the beloved. Okay.
5: The hearts of the most passionate have a departure when they witness the one who they they do not see, who. This is one of the strangest things about us. We see who, and we do not see who, when we see who. My proof is when he says, you threw, my dear slave. So do not be shocked. The thrower is none other than who. You did not throw when you threw, but got through. That is how it came in the Qur'an, as a key text. Belonging to the situation, with Hunayn's shoes, he was turned around by who? I am the one I love, and the one I love is I. And an example of this is our statement in the Qasida. I am my lover, and I am my beloved. I am my darling boy, and I am my beautiful girl. And we have said about this topic as well in the gazeta. This, I am that I am. I am passionate for none other than me. My separation is exactly my connecting union.
2: So that so when you get to the to the departure point on that curtain on the projected screen, the departure point where you would depart to the other world, to, to where the, everything is being projected from. That departure point shows you all of the images that are coming out. One of those images is you. Uh, so one of the images the, is the darling boy. One of the images is the beautiful girl. One of the images is you. And so you begin to see. Then connection and separation and union that it's, it's a different image, it's a separate image, but it's union because you know exactly where that image is coming from. And it is the same value of all other images. And this goes back to uh, Bayezid Bistami, show me the least pr- tremendous name so that I can show you the most tremendous name. So you are the most tremendous name. So this is where all of these ideas are coming from, all these insights, and this poetry is coming from that departure point on that screen. And the way to learn how to navigate that, how to be different places, is to begin to look at the dream as the gift that is a teaching gift. It shows us how our configurations uh, change it shows us how we move from one place to another and how what it we are and who we are then becomes clear okay. So i 'll go ahead and read this one. So this is about how the physical body, the configuration we 're in right now, how it is influenced by things that happen on the inside and so. <clears throat> you to be right. So, thus, when the human being sleeps, the sight observes with the face which you have towards the imaginal world. So when you're sleeping, you're observing with a face that is pointed towards the imaginal world. Now, dimensionally, how, where this is pointed, it's pointed towards the imaginal world. Then you see there what the senses transmitted wholly, or what the image-making faculty imaged. So that's why we, we love Mother Earth because she is where we gather these experiences. We gather the palette, which will be be the basis for all of our eternal experiences. Something not occurring to the senses completely or in toto ever. Not in its parts, which are cobbled together for making this image. So the parts cobbled together. So whatever we see in the dream, we are seeing something that's cobbled together from our palate. So there's a little bit of red and a little bit of blue. Or there is a horse and there is a one-horned animal, and it's a unicorn. So it's all cobbled together. You look at someone sleeping at your side, and they are seeing themselves being tormented, for example, or experiencing bliss, or trading and selling, or owning property, or traveling. They may happen to have experienced fear in their dream, in their imaginal realm. They may scream, or they may cry out. And the person by their side has no information about this, nor of what they are amid. And oftentimes, when the matter is intense, their composure alters, and in the outward form of the sleeper, there is effected a movement, or a cry, or speech, or a sex dream. All of this is part of the domination of this faculty over the animal spirit. So the body alters and changes in its image. So the body is altering and changing in its image because of the power and the dominion of what's happening inside or, or the face which is looking in the dream, in the imagination. And so things that happen over there or in the dream world then influence the body and how they influence that body. And I just, uh, it was so, I, 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 right away I was wondering about this. You look at someone sleeping at your side and they are seeing themselves being tormented, okay? For example. And they are seeing themselves being tormented. Someone sleeping at your side. And it just, it just kind of hit me that this is the rest of the background to that. And this is um, about a hadith that comes, that says from Qurtubi, that is the Cordovan, the person from Cordoba, I heard from some of the transmitters that whoever says la ilaha illallah 70,000 times, she is his ransom from the fire. And so the story is being told from a Castilian, someone from Castilla, who reported to me. He said about his master, that they were at a banquet table. He had just mentioned this dhikr. He just mentioned as a dhikr and what it gifts to anyone, the 70,000, what gift it is. With them at the banquet was a little boy from the people of Kashf. So his family was someone who had Kashf, these disclosures, among the integrated ones, the people who are Saleh, who have integration. At the moment he stretched his hand to the food to eat, he began to sob. The ones present asked him, what's happening with you that you are crying? He said, this Jahannam, I saw her. So Jahannam is feminine. I saw her. I saw my mother in her. I was stopped from eating and I started to cry. The sheikh said later when he was telling the story at that moment, I said inside myself, Allahuma, you indeed know that I have uttered these 70,000 and I have now made them an emancipation of the mother of this boy from the fire. All this was inside me. So then the boy said, Alhamdulillah, I see my mother has come out of the fire, but I don't know the reason for her departure. The boy became beautiful with delight and he ate with the group. The sheikh said to me, for me this prophetic report was true, proven true by the kashf this boy saw. And for me, the kush of this boy is authenticated by the prophetic report. Then Ibn Arabi says, and I myself put into practice this hadith, and I saw its blessed barakat in my wife when she died. So I wonder if that's, in a sense, some of the background to that. The sleeping next to her and, and see, she seeing herself tormented. And then this comes. So. Um, so, where we go when we dream, and again, so there's, there's practice and familiarity to be able to see what you're seeing in the dream and to know what it means and know what you're seeing. So, as with all of the data processing that we have, <laughs> Ibn Ibi keeps telling us the eyes never err, they never mis- have a mistake, and the nose and the ears, nothing that we have processing data ever makes a mistake. If the mistake is in the mind. The mind puts things together in the wrong way for, sometimes. So this is how optical illusions work. So when you look at something, you say, oh, I see it, it's, uh, or a mirage or anything like that. You see, your eye see something and the mind says, oh, this is what's happening. And the eye said, I gave you the data and it's up to you to decide what you're actually seeing. So the data comes and then the mind has to decide and interpret the same way with the dream. Everything the dream is showing you that you are picking up is true, but your mind is the one which will understand it correctly or understand it not correctly. And so, this is why the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, even with Abu Bakr, some of the dream that you interpreted was correct and you hit the mark, and some of it you missed. And so Uh, even with uh, a great soul, will have the inability to always understand the dream correctly. And so that's another gift, is to be given understanding. So where do we go when we go in these dreams? He says, human beings see themselves when they sleep, they're living in the garden. So you might see yourself in the garden. And that is true, that the eye is seeing, that the dream eye is seeing what is true. Or being in the day of arising for a judgment or being in other than their place in their land, places they recognize or know nothing about, and in other than their image. So you might look how you look or not how you look. Uh, I've had dreams where I look very old or very young, or I look like a woman, or I look like a man. I look, and so uh, you may, you'll, you may see yourself as being in an image that's unlike the image that you are, the sleeping person that you are and in other than their state. So you might be sick and you dream you're well and you're running around happily. And Ibn Arabi says, or the person who's, a, you know, the poor beggar who's got tattered clothes and uh, he looks so miserable. So you wake him up. And when you wake him up, he says, why did you wake me up? I was just in the Sultan's palace. I had all of these beautiful rooms just for myself. And I was eating these ban- banquets and you woke me up. So that's a problem. So in fact, you have fluctuated. And this idea of fluctuation is when the bow Hits the, hits the arrow, you know, it starts shaking like this. So that fluctuation is that point of departure where whoosh, you're suddenly there in yourself by your movement, which transferred you from waking to sleeping. So he talks a lot about the, the transfer from waking to sleeping and sleeping to waking, that there's a, a flux, that there's a vibration that puts you into sleep and suddenly you're, you're dreaming. And then also you can have another flux and now suddenly you're awake again. And so this back and forth is something that takes place as a flux, okay? And you will go to images you are familiar with at times or images you are not familiar with. You'll go to states which are praised, which you find beautiful and you're delighted by them, or you'll go to ugly states or states that are dislike and you're p- feeling pain with them, okay? So now this one here, uh, so Aisha says that uh, that her husband, uh, Rasulullah, uh, had six months of visions before the the famous one in the cave comes to him. So he has six months of vision, and so these six months are is a half year, and so 23 years of prophecy. Of those 23 years, there are 46 half years. And of those 46 half-years, the first one was the dream vision, the ruya. So this we understand from Aisha. And so Messenger of God says, Rasulullah says, Nothing remains after me a prophet except the good tidings to Mubashirat, in a dream. The good tidings that come. They ask him, what are the good tidings, O Rasulullah? And he said, the integrated dream... So the Ruya, which is integrated, the integrated person sees him, the Saleh person, the person who is integrated, or she is seen for another. So the, the integrated person sees this true, authentic, integrated dream, or she is seen for another. So you dream for someone else. So the dream that comes to you is for someone else, and then you need to tell that person that dream. She is one of 46 parts of prophethood. So of all the 46 parts of prophecy uh, over 23 years, the first part, the first half year, the first six months was Ruya, the dream vision. And so therefore, all of these parts of prophecy are not available anymore to us, but the one is, the Ruya is. Okay. And I thought we. Uh, Stephen Hurtenstein sent me this, uh, uh, this from the manuscript. And so I scanned it and, and, and expanded it to show you something. So visions. So let's have a look. This is the who, la, who, right? So during the night when I was writing down notes for this section, I saw on an encounter the outward who of the divine and her inward as a vision I could verify for myself. I've never before seen such a vision in any of my visions. Knowledge and pleasure arrived to me from the vision, such as it is not recognized, except from tasting. I have drawn her image in the margin, just as it is, so whoever images it should not alter it. The shape was a white light in a red carpet, a light also in four layers, an image, and two, her spirit in that carpet at the other extreme was in four layers. The combined sum of the who was eight in two different extremes of the single carpet i did not see and i did not know and i did not imagine and no image occurred to my heart of what i saw in this who then she had a hidden movement in herself i saw her and i knew her without any translation and the states did not alter nor the quality so this hidden movement uh, maybe something like that flux the flux that we have when we're going from waking to sleeping and sleeping to waking. So then that becomes a gift about how things move from one to another. And so this hidden movement could be some kind of flux. Okay and and right now so uh, if we can have our uh we have our song coming with Farida and uh so the person uh, Klaus is going to be g- give us the poem and then uh Farida is the one uh, he just told me that she's on her way to Yawali in, in Munich and this is where Sheikh Amina and Sheikh Faria were last year at the Yaweli and so whenever I hear Klaus reciting and when I hear Farida singing I think about that and the two Sheikhas in, in Munich <laughs> Thank you.
6: In passion deeply fell my heart. See what love has done to me. I took my mind to dispute and pain. See what love has done to me. See what love has done with me. Once I breathe as the wind is blowing, once it's dust on the way, glowing. Once I flow like the torrents flow, see what love has done with me. Once I breathe as the wind is blowing, once as dust on the way, Glowing. Once I flow on the torrents flow, see what love has done with me. In Leidenschaft fiel tief mein Herz. See, was die Liebe aus mir gemacht. Ich gab mein Haupt. An Streit und Schmerz. Sieh, was die Liebe aus mir gemacht. Sieh, was die Liebe aus mir gemacht. Bald weh ich, wie der Wind es tut. Bald staub ich, wie der Weg voll Glut. Bald fließe ich, wie des Wildbaches flut. Sieh, was die Liebe aus mir gemacht. Bald weh ich, wie der Wind es tut, bald staub ich, wie der Weg voll Glut, bald fließe ich, wie des Wildbaches flut. Sieh, was die Liebe aus mir gemacht. And everyone, you're okay.
7: wie ein Weg voll Blut. Bald fließ ich wie des Wildbaches Flut.
2: So thank you. That's part of the way the the dream has influence on your body. And so does love because it's coming from the same place. It makes a, a change in the body. And so lovers are always trying to conceal their love. They're told to conceal their love. And sometimes it just comes out anyway. And so that's that story with Luna Nun by the Kaaba. There's a woman who's holding the, the curtains and she's of the Kaaba and just completely falling apart and she keeps saying, My beloved, my beloved, I tried to hide the secret, but my body uh has revealed it. So because she was so thin she never ate anything and so, so I tried to conceal. And so okay. So if uh so please speak up if there's anything. I'll also just look at uh at at the chat if there's something I can say.
3: I I a comment, um, well a comment question really uh, Shaib, you know in the second slide um, in between bracket you said how Ibn Arabi ends many does not end the phrase and he says none of this would have happened and and to me uh, because I've been across it before where he says if not for the imagination none of this would have been here adam today would have been non-existent And and, and it rings stone with the creative imagination. So the dream, our dream, but then there is the divine dream whereby the divine dream is an imagination and images take form. And here we are, we are the divine dream. This is the image, the consciousness, the form of consciousness. Ours is likewise. So if it wasn't, and, and because these two maybe are not different in kind, but in degree only, then if it wasn't for this one, nor would have been that one. It's just a matter of degree and none of this would exist. Yes, that's,
2: that's, that's right. It's, it's uh, the, it's, it, that's Ibn Arabi's the beauty of what he writes is that he always switches our perspective. So you say, "Oh, look, I'm looking at my dream," and then suddenly you say, "Oh, this looks like it's a divine dream." And so it's the it's the switch of perspective, and that's that point of departure. He uses that word, zahaba, zahaba, and it's where you get the word mathab, uh, like the schools of thought, Mahab. It's a point of departure, and and uh, it's that it's that place. Uh, and this might. Uh, Answer some of what Saima was saying. It's that place on the projection screen where you can look one way and see us in this dream, and you look the other way and you see the other dream. And so and that's why, you know, the dream within a dream as well, and being aw- awake in this dream. And so that lion looking at the sleeping gypsy could be some, you know, somebody we know who's a, a human being who's taking on the form of a, of a lion, and who's awake and saying, I'm a, I'm a lion in this dream, and I'm looking at someone who is dreaming. And so it all becomes very much inside. And Ibn Arabi has a technical way of explaining dreams within a dream. He says, one of these dreams within a dream, the time passes one to 72, the ratio one, 72. So a minute, uh sleeping gives 72 minutes in the dream world for this person in that who's in that dream world and so in that dream world uh that person will come back and said all of these things happened to me and we'll list them and you'll say but you were out for five minutes and that's because the time is dilating in different places so uh ibn Arabi has a few of those ratios that explain that that this is a world where when you're there, this takes place. And then we call, saw Jahari, who had six years of married life with children, and uh, all the time that he's in the in the Nile for bathing in a second. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So. Um, yeah, so the there's a, a, a question about that the Quranic verse that Omar uh, recited for us and uh, this one is is a sign for those who reflect. So if you can see that every time you fall asleep, your soul is taken out, and that there'll be one time when it's taken out and won't be returned. And so that's the time that your body will stay buried in the earth, and that buried in the earth allows you to have the soul which can then roam around in the other worlds. And so again, this is why we always are not only respectful but loving to the mother earth because she's where she created the body for us that we then come into in the womb and she's then the second womb of the grave is the place that she shelters us and holds us so that our soul can be going all over these universes if we didn't have these experiences we wouldn't recognize anything in the other world and so it's, uh, it's just like if you don't know, if, you're, if you have an expert in a field, you see things that other people don't see. And the moment you see it, you say, oh, wow, I can see. So someone who is a typographer can tell me, look at what I've done and say, oh, you've done well here, but you've done wrong here instantly because they have, they have familiarity with it. So that's why we, we love that Mother Earth and the experiences that create the palette of the foundation for what we're going to be having.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, and the, the recognition that we are travelers upon the lover's path. So this is so interesting that, of course, with Ibn Harabi, uh, he's talking about dream, and then he's talking about love, and then he talks about love, and he talks about dream. So it's, it's really, for him, if this, this is a mode that when you are loving and in love, um, then you're in the mode of the dream because you, you are not confused about bodies. You see instead what image is, how the image has been created by the one gazing. And then you realize that each of these images that I've been seeing at this point of departure were, was my beloved. And therefore I, who am one of these images, am my beloved. So. Okay. So the, and, uh, the other question about the light of Iman, and so, so the light, uh, the, the imagery of the light is that it, 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 the light shows you something that hadn't been seen. So the, you need light for the one eye to see, and you need light for the Iman eye to see as well, the faith eye as well. So both are lights that show something that hadn't been seen before. And so we want to see these stereo, we're going to see them both at the same time. And that's why we want to die before we die. We want to awake while we're in this dream. So while we're in this dream right now, we want to be awake and say, I realize, I know that I am in a dream. And so I can be then, and then when I sleep and dream, I'm in a dream within a dream. So if I can be able to see these things, then I'm seeing these both perspectives. And that's, that's what we just said earlier about, uh, with Omar about the, that the, the shift of perspective that you see these two worlds and you look at one and then Ibn Arabi looks at the other and then he f- makes us fluctuate and he goes back and forth until now we see them both at the same time. So if you stick on one, you say, oh, this guy loves himself. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that, well, that's not what he's trying to say. Come on. And then you go to somewhere else. Say, oh, this is what it, no, it's, it's, you have to see this and this and then back and forth. And that, then that tells us again, both are true. So he wants to show both are true and don't eliminate one in order to see the other. It's to keep both at the same time and then have them, fluctuate just the way the divine names they're antagonistic divine names that that don't want to be together and so they have to but they have to be all acknowledged and so how they are acknowledged is they're acknowledged in the person who is a mu'min which is sharing the name with Allah's name mu'min and Rab sharing the name cherisher okay okay Yeah, and so uh, with the cremation and things like that, um, uh, that that's always been a, a big uh, discussion among the sort of in the legal legal discussions. Uh, the the key or the beauty or the or the the gift is that we cannot escape being in the earth. So we are in the earth, um, and that in the earth means that we are in the surface of the earth. Uh, in the same way that if you're walking on a ball, you are in the surface of that ball, and you can't get pulled off that ball. So we are in a three-dimensional surface. So we go up, down, left, right, whatever other directions there are, and we can never leave the surface of the earth. And so we are always in the earth. And that's why Quran is saying, in the earth, not on the earth, but in the earth. So that's, our, um, that's the blessing that we are in the earth. And because we are in the earth, no matter what happens to our body, uh, ashes, uh, dust, whatever, whatever it goes to, it's still in the earth and it still becomes our anchor point. And we only need that one anchor point to be in the earth. And uh, and so this is why we are so uh, grateful for bodies, and because they because Ibn Arabi says them because Allah wanted us to be made to worship Him automatically, without any effort, He made us out of earth, because earth is the one that is tread upon, and so because we're earth based, we are worship based, and because we're worship based, we can never be expelled. We can never be outside of the rahmah of the kind mercy of Allah.
0: Um, and, okay. okay. I, can I ask a question? Yes, please. Hi, uh, this, is, uh, this is Mehdi from California. I have uh, two logistic type questions. And then I have a question about this today's session. Um, my first uh, comment or question is in one of the previous programs that I unfortunately I was not able to attend you uh, wanted the names of attendees uh, and I wasn't there to give my name to put on the list so if it, is it possible to write it on the chat today to add to the list okay. yes
2: because I, I, I could print out the chat yeah
0: okay this the second logistic question is uh, in the year around the year 2009 uh, Sheikha gave me a project to study a, a number of Ibn Arabi's books, and I dutifully and religiously started reading on daily basis uh, those those books that she had named, and I joined the club, uh, Ibn Arabi Society, I kept receiving their journals, you know, and, and read them and underlined them and studied them, went to the book, came back to journal, but I find that your sessions, even though I've been with them for a number of years, your sessions have a taste of uh, Jarrahi. And the Jarrahi milk sits well with my system. I digest it so well. Uh, I mean, I could spend, again, it's a wonderful society. These are big wigs. These are big scientists in this area, big names. And uh, I could read four hours versus I can look at your program for 40 minutes. And it's just, my system digests this milk real easily and better. I can remember it for the whole week. So is there any reason, again, it's not a question you can answer, but I mean, is, do people continue their membership with the society while we have your program that, that you know, explains it in Jairahi terms to us in a, better, in, in a different way? And then I have a question about today's topic. Should I go ahead and ask my question? Yes. Um, Now, today you talked about dreams and I was wondering if uh, you have another program regarding dream interpretation, which is a different science than dreams. And you just touched on the dreams a little bit, tip of the iceberg. I'm sure you could give 10 lectures on dreams only. And then another 20 lectures on dream interpretation, probably, or more. So in this tariqa, in this, tarika, in this uh, uh, Sufi path, dream interpretation is important. And, you know, in Turkey, they take us to all these different uh, uh, Sufi traditions to see their ceremony, and you see that different things are important in different Uh, Sufi path. In Rufai, for example, there's a lot of physical uh, karamat or or miracles, you know, inserting sharp objects and no blood comes and so forth and so forth. And that signifies something. Uh, But in ours, uh, in Jairahi, dream interpretation is very important. Uh, They get a lot of dreams, a lot of information, dervishes. Initiation is with that. Continuation is with that. Uh, advancement in the program is with dream interpretation. I don't know if you're going to have another uh, lesson or another session on dream interpretation or not, but the exact specific question is that sometimes a dream uh, is difficult to interpret or uh, you know, even, even the sheikh or whoever is in charge is not clear about the interpretation. And then you get a phone call a few weeks later with the interpretation. And, you know, if the person is very down to earth, the person will say, I couldn't interpret it, but now it came. So it seems like the person who gives the dream also has the interpretation in his hand, or there's a key and there's a lock may give one not the other, or may give both. Is that is that true?
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we'll have to do more on dreams next week, and then we are looking at dreams interpretation as well. Uh, so the, there's some things that are happening about that, and I'll try to let you know about that soon. Um, yeah, these these are. I think what it came clear to me, sort of in the middle of of, of preparing volume one, um, is was that that uh that the Jirahi aura was the was the way that was helping me put everything together, make connections that needed to be made. And so uh I wanted to to put this and, and the thing is that there's only one that's only one of many ways of putting things together. And and it's just the connection that 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 was deepest in me, which therefore then I could then draw on that in order to say what I'm seeing when I'm translating. Because the translation isn't just words or or, or even um, uh, sentences and things like that. It's, it's the dragoman or the tarjoman. It's You have to convey what Ibn Arabi is saying. And the only way to convey is to have, it has to actually hit me first, and I have to understand it at some level first. And then I can produce uh, the writing which will say this is what Ibn Arabi is saying. So, it then, so that becomes very personal then. And so, um, and so, as you said, there are certain ways that we, certain milks that we digest very well. And so, for me, the the milk of the Jirahi order was the one that helped me digest and and see things. And then I could go back through so many events of my life and begin to understand them now that I had this digestion taking place. And so, uh, so this is this is part of the the way it goes. Um, and. Uh, it just and, and, and i, I don 't know if you go to the mohidin arabi society website it 's a, a new one and it 's just really, really beautiful and uh, and and i don 't want to have to praise that so much that I have to not praise the last one The last one was the original one is the one that I started going to uh, years and years ago, and it was such a place of you know someone is talking about these things and uh, also found that many of the people uh who are the akbarian uh you know students uh would say would be talking about things that i had just been struggling with so much and so it was such a delight to find out that i'm not the only crazy person around here <laughs> that there is this way of doing things that's a way of seeing things that is just so very very beautiful um and so uh so when I, when I, my translation then, completely without acknowledgement, uh, embraces all of the things that I've learned uh, from all of these friends there, and it embraces the the milk that I've been drinking in this tariqa and, and so it becomes, it's, that's the way the translation is. If I were slightly different, it would be a different translation, and if someone else were doing it, it would be another translation, so... So that's how that works. But definitely we need to look more at dreams and dreams are so crucial. And so the first lesson I was getting from Ibn Arabi is that the dreaming itself is a gift, just whatever kind of dream it is. Or even if you think you're not dreaming, just knowing that there is a moment while you're sleeping where you have departed your configuration, that's a gift. And that's really all we need that's all we need. But then there's even more gift and that's what does this dream mean? And that takes, you know, a lot of, uh, Practice to understand, and it takes guidance to understand, and that's why, um, for instance, whenever I have a dream, I bring it first to Baki, who's uh, not just because she's nearby, but because she's the one who has this has reached into this source and is able, therefore, to say this is what's happening in the dream, and she keeps telling us, uh, you don't just dream for yourself. Don't just think it's your dream. Sometimes you're dreaming for someone else. And then you have to give that dream for someone else. And these things are absolutely transformative. And so at some point, every now and then I'll read something like from The New Yorker or something, and where people talk about, you know, this world. And I'll think, oh wow. I kind of forgot that because when you get into the dream world, you begin to see the whole picture. And you can't just say, oh, this world and you and and the daily things that are happening. You see oh, these daily quotidian things that are happening are the palette, which makes the other world meaningful. (laughs) So it does, it's quite a shake there. So You
0: know, I I hate to judge, uh, but I'm going to. Uh, And uh, when I was listening to your talk in the first few minutes, I was like, this is the best talk. And I hate to use the word best, worst, best people, worst people, best race, worst race. Oh, this is the best talk this guy has ever put. Coming as a Jairahi, this is fundamental. I mean, I I said you could go on for week after week, for 10 weeks talking about it. I could not have enough of this talk about dreams. And I just wanted to give a quick analogy from my own daily professional life. Uh, I'm a surgeon and I have 50 partners, five zero associates, and some surgeons some of the younger guys are very astute based on their training depending on new york wherever they train texas wherever very astute in diagnosing the problem when everybody's puzzled why this person is like this immediately they can diagnose but they can't fix it they're very you know i don't want to use the word clumsy you know behind anybody's back but they just can't some other ones are a lion in the operating room. I mean just put him in the operating room in the middle of the night and he will he will fix the worst of the problem and the patient will come out healthy. But they're so uh, slow in diagnosing the problem they just can't see. Their eyes don't see even if it's screaming on the screen on the x-ray in front of their face. Some of them are lucky to have both talents. Now in in this order and other order in so many years I have been in almost, you know, 18 years or so I've been in this path, uh, I see some people, they won't even let go of single dream, you know, they'll sleep for a few hours, and they come out with 10 dreams, you know, and they document every single one, it's like, nothing God does pass, passes by them, you know, and, but but you no know, interpretation, some other people are very good in interpretation of dreams, and and some are good in both getting it. And I, and I, you know, I'm friends with some of the sheikhs in Istanbul and, you know, he'll just, while drinking tea, he'll close his eyes or he'll just go into a state and he'll get few, few revelations about everyone in the room. And then he'll open his eyes and say something to everyone. So he gets it and he interprets it immediately. And, uh, you know, this is something that's so important. And thank you so much for today's Lecture. Some people have it. Um, another quick analogy is: I had some very fancy, you know, bird of paradise and other plants in my in my backyard, and they were not doing well. And my gardener came. I he said, "I have to do this. I have to do that." He kept cutting them in from the base, and I was like, "What are you doing? I spent a lot of money." He said, "Don't worry." A few weeks later, they came up beautiful. Then couple months passed. One of them was not doing well. And, well, I'm a surgeon. Hey, I have the fingers. I went and did the same, and the plant died. I did exactly what he did. The guy doesn't have high school diploma. He doesn't speak English well. A little bit of English. Even his Spanish is not good. So that tells you he's intelligent. But he, his thumbs, when it touched, God has given him ijazat, now unwritten. There's no written, unwritten Ijazat Naamah. He's the king of plants, this little short guy. And I am not. With 28 years of education, with Ivy League, all the you know decorations, I couldn't. I did it once, twice, three times. They, 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 they die when I touch them. So it, it is Ijazat Naamah, and dream is like that. So I, the more you tell us, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be visiting this a lot. Uh, it's like, it's love and dream in Ibn Arabi is so so much the same. And it's like the lovers just love to sit around talking about love and the dreamers love to sit around talking about dreams. And so that's what we'll be doing. Then. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, and, 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 and before, before dream interpretation, the dream itself, uh, Abdul Haq is saying this, it is it's our way of being reassured. We, we want to know what happens to me when I die, what happens to my friend when he dies, all of these things. And just knowing that the mechanism, to use a very silly word, is, is the dream. And so once we learn from the dream that we dream, now we are able to understand what happens to us um, and to, to the people we love it, at death. And so, and, the, and that the verse in the Quran starting with uh, not taking you back first and then, and then so, so saying this is for the most uh, of the, the most thing you're concerned about death. And so we will be looking at all of that. And, uh, and we just, uh, I guess I'll finish here. Uh, the dreaming, uh, w- what part does dreaming play in healing? So, we were talking about how the, the, the dream influences the body. And so, um, this, and then to so dreams as healing. Uh, what dreams as, as healing, the way that I could see is that when you see something a certain way, that's put together, cobbled together in a certain way, and all of these points are beginning con- to get connected, and all these places are connected. And when that's seen, then when you wake up, it it has it it begins to do a healing which is physical, mental, psychological, spiritual, uh, and it's it's the way. So in Turkey, they used to do this for in mental health institutes that you would play music or listen to water, doing these things, and that. Uh, has an effect on your mental state and on your spiritual state. And the same way that the dream can take you to a place and show you. And when you show, you see it, you experience it, and then you know it. Then when you come back into this world and you wake up, you have that knowledge. And Ibn Arbi keeps telling you, knowledge, that is knowing how things are, is what we want, is what we most want, and we most will seek that. So knowledge as a healing is that, to, to be able to s- be given even for a moment the divine vision of this is the way something is and then to take that then when you wake up it has it has begun its healing effect on you
8: so so we'll be like yeah and shake it one more <laughs> oh Hi. greetings salam shreib. so sorry i got late distracted but uh this reminds also i feel dream goes with Prayer. One can pray on a dream because it's nothing is fixed exactly. It's this fluidity. And we can change things. So sometimes when we dream something, we think, oh my God, that's terrible. It's like a prophetic statement about something in us or a future. But I, I, it makes me think of Sheikh Musafer Rahmatullah's dream in Mecca on Hazarati Fatima, <clears throat> or maybe it was Medina, yes, Medina, where he dreamt of her and she was in profile. And he, he was distraught by that. He wanted to see her the fullness of her beauty, so he actually prayed and pleaded that he see her full face, and the next night he was shown her full face. He said it was like a full moon. So, as you say, dreams are so interactive, and as we contemplate them, just as we pray about our daily existence, we can also pray for that to see more or be given more or maybe understand. So just want to throw that in. But yeah, these I have to uh, second Mehdi and everyone else here. Thank you, Shweb. God bless you, preserve you, protect you, guide you. These, this is amazing. We are so gifted. We are so blessed. This is such a blessing. Thank you, thank you.
2: Well, let's let's work on this next week, too, Inshallah.:
8: Thank you.. I
2: have lots of chats that I'll be looking through, and I can, and it's nice that I can save them and, uh, and look back, and they'll also help us get our direction for next week as well. So Thank you so much. So wonderful to see the beautiful faces. Yeah. Thank you.